0: Welcome to the Milestone Church podcast. During challenging times, it is easy to focus on the things that divide us, but the Apostle Paul reminds us that we are united with Christ, united in purpose, and united with each other. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome all of you to the intro week of an exciting journey that we're about to take together. And I wanna welcome all of those that are part of the Milestone family that are still watching online. I want you to know we're thinking about you and praying for you. All those that have started joining us online, we're glad that you're there with us and joining in. And also to our 1230 service, those of you making room, making space for others. Can we put our hands together and celebrate all those that are joining in with us in this United series? It's so good to see all of you here today. And uh, they told me that our guest parking is full. So I know in the room today, we also have so many of you that are part of the Milestone family. And then we have so many of you that are new. And uh, we just want you to know that we're glad that you're here. We hope you feel warmly welcomed. You feel the authenticity. We call it family. Uh, When you go to someone's house where there's a group of people who love each other. They're not perfect, but they also care about you, and uh, they have hospitality and warmth. It's just a great place to be. So we hope you feel that today. We're glad you're joining us for worship. And you're coming at a great time because in our history as a church, in 18 years, we found there's a format that helps us facilitate something that we know you need, but you don't always know you need it. What I found in my own life is that I'm willing to sacrifice for something that I recognize as vital, but I tend to dismiss things that I think are nice. If it's kind of like, well, that would be okay, or that would be good, or someone else might think it's good for me, then, then I, I might probably never get around to it. But what I find in our world today is everyone speaking to you everyone is trying to get you to see their vantage point and point of view and in these unprecedented times we've been tuned in more than ever to so many different things but i always like to say it's good sometimes to let the pastor talk cuz i don't have a new show but i am telling you i care about your soul i care about your family I care about what God's wanting to do on the inside of you. And a lot of times what's going on around you draws you into things that may not help you with that. And what we found in our 18-year history is that when we do these simple things, like study the Bible, like let the Bible grow us in our relationship with the God who created us, who loves us, who knows us, who knows how we're formed, who knows our problems, who knows our future better than we know our past. When we get connected to him, it helps us. And then we found a simple thing that really helps is that also in these journeys, like this united journey, it's more than just me preaching, it's a spiritual journey that we take together. What we found is, When we do it together, whether you're online or you're in person or whatever your safe group is, so we all have a little safe group, we don't know if they actually are safe, but we like them. So we put them in our safe group. They may be dangerous, but we like them. Come on. And so you may be sitting next to someone dangerous or even at your home, but anyway, we like them. But what we found is when we study about Jesus together, we grow in significant ways. So we've done these things, we call them campaigns or spiritual emphasis series. It's just how we do church because we believe that your growth is not just about downloading content from the internet. But you actually have to be able to apply and work out the content that you're receiving in real life. So we're trying to help you do that. That's why we do these things like United. It's just a journey, a spiritual journey, and I always love to tell you about it, so I'm going to tell you about it for the next few moments. If you have your Bibles, wherever you're at, online, 1230, turn to Ephesians, because that's going to be our home base for the next several weeks. It's a great book. It's one of my favorite books. It's The Bible that I read, you're like, preacher, don't you have a bunch of Bibles? I mean, that's the only book we have in our house. I'm a pastor, so we only have Bibles. (laughs) But I actually have a bunch of Bibles, but I have a Bible. I hope you have a Bible, by the way. It's kind of cool to have a Bible, that place you go to when you know you need to hear from God. I have a Bible that my wife gave to me when we were engaged 1995, we were married and she wrote in that Bible, we're gonna build our marriage on the foundation of God's word. And she has this beautiful letter to me in there and it's powerful. But in the middle of that Bible is the book of Ephesians and I've had to have that Bible rebound twice because it has tattered pages because I love this book. This series is gonna reinforce that DNA that's been part of our DNA from the very beginning as we're going to look at this understanding of the book of Ephesians, and we've entitled it United. Now, some of you, again, you may not even think about that. You're like, well, cool, we're studying the book of Ephesians. Who cares what it's called? But we try to give some banner, some understanding to kind of rally around, to get us going, to get us engaged with the book of the Bible. And some of you might think, why did you call it United? Well, we didn't hire a marketing firm. We didn't do a brainstorming session to figure out what should be the title of a study in Ephesians. If you know the book and you understand the book, then you understand That books of the Bible, there's this segment of scripture ordained by Almighty God, breathed through the Holy Spirit, penned by the Apostle Paul, and God has something on his mind. He has something on his heart that though written hundreds of years ago is applicable to us today, and that word is unity. That's the theme of this book. It's a book about unity. Now, some of you, again, the pastor's job is to convince you that that's not nice, that's vital. You're like, unity, I'll take it or leave it. I don't know. Um, I have four children. Two I've sent back to college. I have one that went into her sophomore year in high school and a fourth grader, and we sent the sophomore and the fourth grader back to school this week. And my wife and I we've, because leaders go first, we've been spending our morning time studying the book of Ephesians together, having a cup of coffee, and, and the kids are gone. And we told each other this week, we like this kind of quarantine. This is awesome. Whew, man, this, we're into this. Nonetheless, I remember when my kids were little and the pastor maybe has some important place to go or some group of people to meet or some home to go to, and my kids were little. And you've all done this, those of you that have children when they're little, you know, you're driving there, mom and dad have already built a bulletproof, armor-proof case to stand together against the children, because when we pull up in this driveway, we know we're about to go in and meet these people, and these people are gonna have some perspective on who we are, and our kids can ruin it. <laughs> so while you get in the driveway before you get out, before you get your things, before you go to the front door. You pause, you turn off the car for emphasis and you turn around and you say, if you want a great future on planet Earth, (laughs) if you want an inheritance, if you want anything good to come to your life, you guys better behave. I mean for the next little while, fake it. We know it's not in your heart, fake it. (laughs) You better act right, because we want unity, don't we? And then when they get a little bit older, some of you young families, by the way you train them and the understanding even of the book of Ephesians, and we're going to get to that, the greatest blessing in a parent's heart is when your older children prefer one another, love one another, and walk in unity. There's no income, nothing in your 401k that will ever make you feel significant like that. And I've sat, unfortunately, a lot recently, by the way, during this COVID season, but over my years of pastoring, I've sat with many families and I've sat with many children. And I want you to know, by the way, you say, what do we want to talk about unity for? I'm my own person. Well, you may lose some things that are valuable because I've sat with your kids. And I want you to know this, your kids, they're, they're not looking for perfect parents because there are none. They're not looking for you to know every single thing to get them to to make sure and ensure that they can be the most talented, the brightest, and the best. That they're not really wanting that at the most basic level. They have no reference point, by the way, for the home that you let them live in now in comparison to the home you had. They don't really even know how to separate the difference and sometimes all the stuff that we're trying to buy them that we think will get them where we want them to go and make them happy, The greatest thing they want from you is unity with mom, unity with dad, unity in that house because where there's unity, Psalm 133, the Bible says, God commands a blessing. How many of you would like a little more 2020 blessing and a little less challenge? Start of this year, I felt like the God told me for our church this was a year of purity. I, I don't. I think I'm going to turn the phone off if He gives me that next year. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go with jubilee, like favor, <laughs> blessing. Come on, are y'all with me? But just maybe, maybe God's wanting us to value what He values. And maybe if we were to value unity a little bit more, we might receive a little bit more blessing. I can't tell you how many people told me over the, we're in unprecedented times. I've said it. Well, maybe in unprecedented times, we need to double down on unprecedented biblical truth that gives us unprecedented results. Because unity is so important. Now, I could go on and on and on because I know you want it. You want unity in your home. There's nothing more emotionally challenging than to have a disunified home. You want unity with your team. There's nothing more stressful than to go home at night and go, I feel like I'm disunified with the team that I'm with. You want unity with your siblings. You want unity with your mother-in-law. You just want unity in your community. We want unity in our nation. We all want unity. We want it. We just don't know how to get it. It's like sand running through our hands. We don't know how to apprehend it in this series. We're going to learn how. Now, I warn you, it's going to challenge you. Because every time I open that Bible, it challenges me. It's going to challenge us. But it is available. And it's the banner over this book. Now, if that's the big banner, there's a subtitle banner. Okay, there's a subtitle banner over the book of Ephesians. Some of you are like, man, I've read it. Some of you are like, man, I haven't read it. Some of you are like, I'd like to know more of what it's about. Well, there's a subtitle banner that we have to get before we start our journey, before we start anchoring in. And we're gonna go chapter by chapter. We're gonna go verse by verse in your reading. We give you every verse, but I need to give you the broad brush. Unity, how do we apprehend unity? How do we obtain unity? Well, there's a little subtitle that we need to get today, and it's this phrase, in Christ. In Christ. For if we don't have in Christ, we can't have unity. It's at the level that we understand being joined to Christ, being in Christ, then we get Christ's results in our hearts. It's not easy to display the characteristics that produce unity. The only way that happens is not by man's natural desires, his fleshly kind of thought process, his worldly darkened understanding, but it's only when the word of God illuminates our minds to operate according to what really works and that is to have the mind of Christ, to have the attitude of Christ, to take on the posture of Jesus Christ, So therefore, we have to be in Christ. You say, why would you say that's a big banner? Why would you say that's a big theme? Why would you take this first week to make sure we understand it? Well, I told you to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter one and there's some greetings and stuff from the apostle Paul and then he starts in verse three. Before we get there though, let me also give you a little backdrop to the book. And I give you this in the guide that I want you to get. I give you the backdrop to the book Because I think a lot of people don't get a lot from the Bible, because here's one of the things that we really have such a myopic view today of the world, and we just think, man, we're the only ones that ever face this. We're the only ones with any challenge. Well, if you go back here, this book, though written hundreds of years ago, speaks to our context today. Did you know this group in Ephesians, you you might want to go read Acts 19, Acts 19, is where this group of people met the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul goes there. It's a port city, modern-day Turkey, and the Apostle Paul shows up there. There's about 200,000 people, and he comes there in Acts 19, by the way. If you haven't read it, I mean, if you have a nice little sanitized version of Christianity that's neat in a box, I'm telling you, buckle your seatbelt before you read it. Because he shows up, and in this group of people, there is one of the ancient wonders of the world called the Temple of Artemis. There's economy flowing around that. The money flow happens to be connected to the evil. And they're worshiping false gods and idols and selling the food and all the other things that go with it. And the Apostle Paul shows up in this city that has a looming dark supernatural demonic force at work within it. And the apostle Paul shows up in Acts 19 and begins to talk about the Holy Spirit and begins to show up and miracles start to happen. And man, I'm gonna tell you some crazy stuff up in there starts happening and God starts showing up. Don't ever forget this. No matter any place on this planet, for ages and decades, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and his spirit poured out upon his people, they can go into dark situations and turn darkness to light. Always has been. Always will be. Paul shows up and man, things happen and there's quite an uproar within the city. He sneaks out of the city to save his life. He loved these people. He loved this group. There were a group of people who became in Christ. There were a group of people who were born again. There were a group of people that eventually became a church of people that began to pervade the darkness. This church begins to be one of the largest in the New Testament. Eventually pastored by Timothy. Thousands of people within this church making a difference in their culture. And I tell you, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have so many different voices and ideas and thoughts and everyone is all, all, ah! In Christ, under the banner of Jesus Christ, unified with the people of Christ, going into the culture to make a difference. I appreciate all the hype. The solution hasn't changed. The solution hasn't changed. This church, the Apostle John, by the way, the Apostle John, before he goes to Patmos, is a member of this church. It's an amazing thing that's happening. Paul writing to them from prison, There's no promise that following Jesus doesn't come with some challenges. From prison, he writes to this group of people, and why I'm so excited about us studying it is he's encouraging this group. He's strengthening this group. He's putting foundation under this group in our world today that is disconnected, divided, it's on shaky ground, and you're like, Jeff, I just need to get more grounding and centering. Well, let's let the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, give us some grounding, look at what he says to them, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Not will bless us, has blessed us. He has blessed us. He's blessed us, past tense, in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing. You're like, wow, there's so much value there. There's so much deposit there, but I don't always know how to access it. He says, in Christ. He will use that phrase, in Christ or in him, five times in the substantial verses that we're about to read, subsequent verses. Look what he says. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship and you might say daughtership. You might say as children who had no family, he put us into his family. How? Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The sacrifice on the cross, you're like that big word redemption, what does that mean? It means we had a debt we couldn't pay. We had sin that separates us from God. He's a holy God. We couldn't pay the debt. We can't do enough religious acts. You can't perform your way into having intimacy with God. So he made the payment. What a great benefit. He made the payment through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. I can't tell you how many people, they say, man, I come to church, I feel a little guilty. It's, people are saying, I feel a little guilty. Or I get in a small group. Or maybe you're right there online and you're like, I need this. I, I, I can even feel God's presence like wanting to speak to me, but I feel guilty. And sometimes people say, oh, just, just, just mind over matter, just forget it. No, I don't ever tell anyone that. The reason you feel guilty is because you are guilty. You are guilty. You have offended God. But here's the good news. The good news is you can't do enough to undo your guilt, but you can in Christ receive forgiveness Boy, it's just like, whew, when you receive him. Oh, whew. forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That he kind of just sort of gave us enough grace to get through unprecedented seasons. That he just sort of like sprinkled it out there like we just somehow gotta be starved for it. No, I love this. He lavished it on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment. Look at this. Some people go, where's God? Where's God? Where's God right now? Where's God? He's still doing the same thing he's always been doing and he's looking for partners. He's looking for participants. Look what it says here. What is it? To bring... Unity to all things in heaven and on earth. How? Under Christ. In Christ. Five times in just that little section. It's a banner. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we most joined to? What are we most focused on? What are we most looking to for our hope and our solutions What are we most identified with? Because when we search out the greatest level of our joining, the loudest voice in our life, the place we're focused the most, then we trace that back and we will find that when we find that, we will find where we anchor our hope. And I would like to suggest to you the book of Ephesians, the Holy Spirit, God himself is saying, in Christ, I love it when the aha moment comes off. I, I love that when that happens, by the way. Sometimes it's we have enough pain. Sometimes I don't even know how to explain it. Just the Holy Spirit speaks to people. I love the aha moment. Some of you that are new, um, for years, every, every Sunday, 18 years, until this thing happened, what we've been going through, I've stood outside and shake hands, and soon I will. The devil stole it for a little while, and maybe I'll be in a hazmat suit. I don't know, but I mean, I... I miss it, okay? I miss it. I don't know when, but one of the things I love about it is I love seeing the response to God's Word, not the response to my message. I'm wanting to know, did God speak to them? Because if I speak to you, nothing changes. But if God speaks to you, something changes. So I want to know. I love the aha moment. Like I just love the people that come out, preacher, good speech. You're like, it kind of wasn't really a speech, you know, It's kind of like the word of God, you know, no offense if you've said that to me, it's a good speech. Bishop, good talk. Okay. I like that better than the one lady who came out and said, I could have listened to the message, but your shoes were blinding me. God bless you. God bless you too. God bless your ministry and your faith. And I even love her. Sometimes I think people are saying, what kind of response are you wanting from me like in Christ? I don't know that we can look to the exterior always because I've had people and I've shaken thousands of hands, thousands. I've had people with just a sober understanding say, God spoke to me today and I'm submitting my life to Jesus. I've had people cry. I've had people break down. But I tell you what I will say, I think about the guy that I love to talk about recently who just so struck me, probably in his upper 50s, well put together, looked like he had solved most of his own problems throughout his life, but unfortunately, we all end up at a place at some point where we can't get enough lawyers and enough assistants and enough things to control and send enough emails to fix our problems. And he had enough problems and he came into church and he heard me preach that weekend on who Jesus is and you can't perform your way to Jesus and you have to surrender your life to Jesus and your life will change when you bow your knee to Jesus. And all you have to do is say yes to him. He's done all the work. He finished it all. He came up to me well put together and I'll never forget, he'd been crying throughout the service. Even before I started preaching, God's presence started touching him. And I'll never forget him saying, I've been in church my whole life why hasn't anyone ever told me this? Why hasn't anyone ever told me this? I said, sir, I don't know. But that's why they call it good news. It's such good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, and it'll transform you forever. I love when the light bulb goes on. When you move from religious activity and thinking, it's like it's some kind of thing to check the box, and that revelation moment happens. My last few moments, I wanna unpack for just a second. Here's some things in this series that we need to understand that's gonna happen because this banner, unity in Christ. Number one, when you're in Christ, you're joined to him. You're you're joined to him. You're married to him. You're committed to him. You're submitted to him. You're like, why is that so important? Why is Paul starting off saying, let's remember Our greatest joining and greatest affection and greatest place and source and connection point is Christ. Because what you're joined to, you become like. When I married my wife, she was a germophobe. I used the 10-second rule, the 20-second rule, the 30-second. I'll eat it. I mean, it looks good, looks valuable. Hey, I'll take a risk. I'll eat it, you know. Hand sanitizer all the time. She had hand sanitizer before COVID. We had it stockpiled. We didn't have to go get more. We already had it. But over time, you know, it's laying around. You use it more, right? She ate stuff I didn't eat. This is how it happens, folks. You marry someone, you get joined to them. You use hand sanitizer. You watch their shows. I watch Hallmark Channel. I'm embarrassed to admit it. I watch it. I know the plot line for everyone. And then you get old and you look like each other. When you go to your university, you join that university. And day one at Welcome Week, they start indoctrinating you. When I went there, I got a slime cap. I started learning that good old Baylor line, ah, uh, sick em bears. Those of you that are Aggies, you went through like a cult-like deal that had to <laughs> take you to. And you joined yourself to it, so you become like it. When you join yourself to Jesus, See, if you haven't become more like him, you need to see if, have I joined a religion? Have I joined a system? Have I joined a philosophical idea? Or have I really been in Christ? Because when you become in Christ, he accepts you like you are, but he starts changing you. John 1, the apostle John, who was in this church in Ephesus, he describes him. He says he's full of grace. He's full of truth. He's both. John 1's powerful. He's the word. We need this more than ever before today. He was full of grace and truth. Full of both. Can I help some of you Christians? Sometimes Christians are the biggest obstacle to the world accepting Christ. You're like, they just don't get it. Of course they don't. Show them a little grace. Show them a little grace. You're like, they don't get it. Always remember, you were in that category at some point too. So we show grace. but. Showing grace doesn't mean we compromise truth. If there's some of you out there that say, well, these people, I mean, we just we accept Jesus because Jesus allows anything and Jesus is just like fine with whatever. No, 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 you don't know the real Jesus. Make sure you haven't made up a Jesus in your mind because my Jesus has some standards. Paul's gonna challenge us. He's gonna tell us in chapter four, in fact, because we're in Christ, we have to walk in a manner. This was my dad's favorite verse who I did his funeral in October, and I looked at my dad in the cast and said, we're going to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Worthy of the calling, as I said goodbye to my dad. He's going to challenge us. But the only way you change to walk in a manner worthy of the calling is you're joined to Jesus. You can't just join Jesus for the benefits. We join everything today. You can't buy anything without giving your phone number. I give them a fake one. You know what i I don't need them calling me. I got enough people calling me. I never give my real number. Sometimes we just join so we can get whatever it is. We're not really wanting to join them. I go to the local grocery store and they're like, what is your number? Now I want the discount. Because if you don't give your number, then you can't get the, you know, the moment that you feel powerful when they ring your groceries and all those minuses are on there. Now they upcharge the groceries and then they just, it's a cool tactic. But I feel powerful, minus, minus, minus. I want that to happen because that soothes my soul. Problem is, I have gave them a landline from like 10 years ago. I can't remember it. So I start just rattling off numbers, you know. I give them JP's number. You know, I just give them whatever. I just start, I just, just rattle off whatever. But like when it goes, discount, I go, Praise God, I got the discount. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who was credited. Sometimes you just have to go, would you just take that little fob and do boop, 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 you yeah, know, forget the number thing. I was like, okay. I'm not joining them. I just want the discount. And a lot of people say, well, I'll take the Jesus thing. Just give me the discount. I don't wanna submit my life to his Lordship. In this series, we're gonna learn what it means to be in Christ. The second thing is when you're in Christ, it changes how you see yourself. I mean, I've been so involved with people and lives and our team has in all these time, this time right now. And if there is a banner over the book of Ephesians called unity and a sub banner in Christ, anyone who studies the book of Ephesians would also say a great theme of it is identity. It is a major block in your discipleship process. It's a major challenge. You can't have unity until you know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then you can't offer what it takes to have unity because Ephesians is going to challenge us to serve others, to forgive others. Don't show me your hands, but how many of you have had someone you had to forgive? And you're just like, but they, but they... The Bible doesn't say, but they. It says, but you, if you don't, will live in a prison of your own emotions and in a poisonous place. So you go, but I can't, I can't. No, you can't. But the Jesus who hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If you're in him, there's this supernatural thing that comes upon you that gives you the ability to say, "Ah, I forgive you forgive you. See, but you can only do that if you know who you are. We're going to learn some things about who we are. Look at all those things Paul just said about us. We're his sons and daughters. We've been added to his family. There's not even an individualistic thing. There's an us thing, a we thing. We're part of this we thing. We're in Christ. He's lavished his grace upon us. He's redeemed us. He's bought us back. Look, we all have. And right now, we're inundated with everyone trying to tell us who we are, who you are. If you have a job, who you are. If you don't have this and who you are with it, look, 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 look. You got to get anchored to. Nothing on the external will make you feel safe, secure, happy, fulfilled, and not depressed. The only thing is, I'm a blood-bought saint of the living God. Jesus gave his blood to buy back my relationship with my creator. I am forgiven of my sins. I live under the blessing of God because he's blessed me with every spiritual blessing. He's lavished his grace upon me. You can do that too. And once you know it, it'll change you. Once you know it, it'll transform you. And it'll change your identity. And you'll begin to identify yourself with who you are in Christ. And by the way, it'll produce a security in your soul. Only secure people can bring hope to a broken world. Only secure people can bring a hope to a broken world. So we're gonna learn a little bit about identity. The third thing is, when you're in Christ, you grow. You know, if you read Paul's prayers to this group, he is just trying to pray for them, encourage them, remind them, of these things because he wants them to grow because he knows they need to grow because the darkness in their community is growing so they have to grow, so they have to be able to have answers and solutions so he's praying for their growth, okay? So when you're in Christ, read his prayers. He's praying for their growth and I want you to know that's what we want for you in this series. That, that is something I'm so proud of our team, the work that our team has put into this whole United series to help you, to make it clear for you, the communication. Um, myself, I, I haven't taken off this summer because we've been dialed in. And, and, and I wanna tell you, it's like you guys, we, we, have, we have a heart. We're not the solution, but we're trying to lay out a place for you because I have met with so many people. We're in an unhealthy place, a lot of us. And, and it's like we've gotta do something that connects us back to the fundamentals that change our soul, that help us walk this out in the way God wants us to walk it out. And so we are setting a track in place for you. We can lay out the track. Our team's worked overtime to lay it out, but you have to engage with it. One of the things I'm very excited about is you, not the preacher's understanding of the word, but you getting into these places where these passages speak to you. And so that's where we have this guide for you. We have it digitally for download for those online. We have, our whole team has the ability for some of you online, we're gonna do some distribution things where we can have people pick it up. We have been working overtime to help that. We're not gonna let the current challenges and barriers stop us from you growing in Christ. And so we're setting up that. We're setting up the process for you. This guide is so amazing. Our team beyond their regular job worked overtime, myself helping with that and putting it together. We're gonna have the scripture there for you to read. We're gonna have some context for you. We're gonna help you know what that chapter meant, give you some notes, help you have a prayer time. And so we put this guide together as just a little roadmap to help you jumpstart your engagement with the word of God, okay? So that's the book of Ephesians guide. You can get one today. And I'm gonna ask you to get one for yourself. we're giving these to you and they're, and they're expensive, okay? So I'm not wanting this to end up in your floorboard somewhere. And we're not. This, this, I'm just telling you, we're investing this in you and we want you to then, we're gonna have some more in the weeks to come where you can even take and invest them in some other people. I talked to a guy this week and I was just really talking to him about this guide. I said, do you know the book of Ephesians? He said, no, he's recently saved. I said, well, you can. Get this guide, man, and start going through it. Just start working through it. I said, and by the way, why, why don't do you know anybody that would go through it with you? He said, well, there's this guy and my daughter and then so and so and so and so. I said, well, look, you're a small group leader now. And he said, well, I'm just saved. I said, well, you're an elder. <laughs> we have really a simple goal for you. Grow in your understanding of who God is and what it means to be in Christ through the word of God and study it together with others because we need each other more than ever before. It's really that simple. 20 years ago, I went to serve the underground church in China. You may not know this, there's millions of Christians underground in the church in China. I went as a young pastor at the invitation of one of my friends and I had backpacks with Bibles, commentaries and smuggled them into Southwest China to a training center where there were young leaders there who wanted to be pastors and ministry leaders to lead others, and I showed up, and the guy that was supposed to meet me there wasn't there, so I land and kind of like sort of lost. I didn't stick out at all, just kind of, you know, this is six foot three Texan. I think I did have hair at that time. Through a connection, I found my way to this training center, and when I showed up there, I opened up my backpack, and I started handing them Bibles. And I watched them start to cry. Because they didn't have 10 Bibles like we have. They'd never had their own Bible. They started crying and saying, I got my own Bible. Did you know I met some of them that had four or five pages of a Bible? And no offense, they lived the four or five they have. We have 10 Bibles and don't read the ones we do. And I was marked that day by the preciousness of the Word of God. You have an opportunity. Unity doesn't have to elude you. It's right there in that book, through this United series, for you to grow in what God has for you. Bow your heads with me. Father, I ask you right now, there's one person who's out there says, that's me. I didn't know, I've been kind of religious or I don't know about Jesus. Lord, would you just give them right now the grace to make a real decision to say, yes, Jesus, come into my life, I ask you to forgive me. Become my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. If that's you and you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you, your next step, Jesus has come in, but your next step is now to let someone know so that we can help you start your journey. Let someone know, come to the 101 class or reach out if you're online in the chat. Second of all, Lord, we ask you now to go beyond my words. Lord, to bring us together under the banner of your word, under the banner of your name, Jesus, in Christ, that we might grow into who you've called us to be in this season, in Jesus' name, amen.